episode 39. We are here at episode 39. I'm here with Antoinette. Hey guys. I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk about real church matters because real church matters. And I'm so sorry. It's Wednesday. I know. Mm-mm-mm. This was supposed to come out on Tuesday. But sometimes things happen. But I promise you it'll be well worth it. Uh, it's not like, um, you know, we have people beating our doors down <laughs> saying, hey, where's the podcast? Right. No, I didn't, I didn't get any text. Or and this is the first time out of 39 weeks. Yeah, yeah. So. It's ironic because today we'll be talking about consistency. <laughs> but um, let me say I apologize 24 hours later, but it will be well worth the wait. Housekeeping. Make sure that you are listening. You can either listen through iTunes or SoundCloud or even go into realchurchmatters.com. Also on there is a link to our favorite blog. Go do likewise. Yes, you guys can go to likewiselife.com and check out any of my old articles. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at go do likewise. And what if they wanted to give and support us in a greater way other than just listening? Yeah, you can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-E-R-O-N.com forward slash Rural Church Matters. And you guys can donate as low as a dollar per month or more. And you get a access to our A Little More Matters podcast that we do, which is like our extended cut of the podcast. And... If they give $10 or more. Yes, you get access to a t-shirt, free t-shirt. And other great prizes that will be given away in a very short period of time. We appreciate all those who support us by listening and even more so those who support us by giving. We're hoping to build a community that continues on the conversation that we start right here. Uh, For those of you who would love to wear your faith on your sleeve... Yep, you can go to realchurchmatters.com and all of our merchandise is there. We have hats, t-shirts, all different types of cool merchandise, and we have more coming as well. Yes, so be on the lookout for that. We appreciate those who have purchased that as well. Still haven't seen any pictures of people wearing it. Uh, Please, by all means, post it up on your social media. Let people know what you're wearing and how you can support, how they can support as well. And always, we do appreciate you guys, but it's obedience over audience. And since we have an audience, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Episode 39 is about consistency. Consistency. And uh, this sparked from a a post that our dear Antoinette put up. And in the post, she said, consistency over chaos. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it actually originated from a conversation we had had, kind of just talking about how um, as soon as we kind of step out our consistency as far as our faith, as far as um, the investment we make into our spiritual, you know, going to Bible study and going to church and reading our word, like as soon as we kind of break that consistency of seeking God, that's when we invite chaos into our lives. 
And that's kind of all we know how to do as humans is invite chaos into our lives. And and that kind of inspired me and it stuck with me. And I kind of was meditating on that for a while. So Yeah. And when I read the the post, it hit me. Did uh, We did talk about that and we should dig further in it. And so what one thing that you said in there about standing, and when I, I went and I looked up the word consistency, and it actually comes from a Latin word that means standing firm, mm-hmm. to be in a place or a form or have an effect over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So if you have a consistent pain, that means you have pain, but this pain has been over time. You have been a consistent runner. That means that you run, but not just that you run, that you run over over a period of time. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized is that consistency is an action or what we'll call X over time. And so when we look at that, we have to ask ourselves, are we consistent Christians? And what does that mean to be a consistent Christian? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I was reading and I went to Second Peter chapter 1, 4 through 11. And this first part talks about that chaos that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. That, that situation where we're in a position where we used to have chaos in our lives. And some of us go back to invite that in. But what that means, at least in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 through 11... He says, through these, he has given us his precious and magnificent promises so that through them, you may become partakers of a divine nature. Now that you've escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. What what is interesting to me is some of the words there. One of the words that's interesting to me is escaped. Now, we don't look at things that are pleasurable as something that needs to be escaped. Yeah. We don't see it as that chaos that we're referring to. Yeah, we don't see it as something that we need to get away from. Mm-hmm. The people don't say, man, there was a beautiful woman, but uh, she was all over me, but I escaped. <laughs> you know, that no. doesn't happen like that. No. What they say is, there was an ugly woman, and she kept trying to get at me, and I escaped. Mm-hmm. We look at that, that word escape always talks about us getting away from something that we don't want to be around. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting in the context of salvation, because you don't want to be saved from the thing God is trying to save you from. Yeah, because you like it. It's your desire. So right. it's like, why do I want to escape what I want? Like, I feel at home, actually. So it's interesting <laughs> when you say consistency over chaos, what we see as chaos, because we have been renewed in our sight. We're no longer blinded by our desires. Mm. What we see as chaos is not chaotic at all. Not to the world. No. It's, to them, it's right at home. Yeah. It's like when you go into a hoarder's house and you're like, what in the world is this mess? Yeah. This is disgusting. And they're like, mm, no. <laughs> this, <laughs> or how they say controlled chaos because it's like they know where everything's at. Like, trust me, this is... Yeah. This makes sense in my mind. Like, yeah. It's, it's oxymoronic. You like it because... You control it, but it's still chaos. Mm. A lot of us are in that situation. We we like it only because we control it. Mm. We have yet to admit that it's chaos, though. Mm. But it is chaos. Yeah. And it's something that we should want to escape. A lot of you say that you have been saved, but the thing God wants to save you from is the chaos of your desires. So if you're still in that, then you haven't really taking advantage of the salvation that God has made available to you. 
I wanted to be saved from the chaos of my life. Right. It wasn't until that point, that realization, that I truly received salvation. Once I realized my life was something that needed to be escaped, mm. not embraced, I began to move into a better place in my life. I'm starting this conversation with this because there's so many people who want God but want to invite him in their chaos. Yes. Yep. And God isn't interested in being invited into chaos. He wants to help you escape. Yeah, it's like we want to add him like an asset to it. It's like we yeah. want him to be a part of this whole... To go back to the hoarders <laughs> thing, when you do invite you in their house, yeah. and it'll be something that you wouldn't invite nobody to your house if it looked like that. Yeah. And then they'll tell you, well, just find a seat somewhere. Just have a seat. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you. And you're like, no, I'm not sitting here. <laughs> This is filthy. I don't want to be a part of this. God doesn't want to be a part of your mess. Yes, you can come to him as you are, and then he's going to get you out of who you are Mm. and put you in something new. Mm. Yes, come to him as you are, but you will not stay where you are, and he is not willing to stay where you are. He wants to put you in something new. So we have to start there. Because you can't move into consistency until you're ready to escape your chaos. Mm. You can't move into consistency until you're ready to escape your chaos. Please understand that. Your chaos is your evil desires, your desires, your wants. Not talking about the chaos of your life is a mess because the things that are a mess about your life, you don't even see them as a mess. Some of you like, my bills are paid. My situation is good. I feel great right now. I'm in a good space. (laughs) But you don't understand. You have to see this through spiritual eyes. Mm -hmm. What you see as a good space, God God sees as chaos. Yeah. You just got so used to it that, yeah, you don't. You just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. It's controlled chaos. Excellently put. First Peter 4, chapter 4, 2 through 3 helps us out with this. It says, consequently, he does not live out his remaining time on earth for human passions. This is what he, what we were saying is God is going to help you escape corruption. He's going to help you escape living on earth for human passions. He says, but for the will of God. That's our new place. Yes. The place of chaos is human passions. The place of consistency is the will of God. Yeah. Why do we look at the will of God as consistent? Because God is... Ever. It's, he's the same today, tomorrow, and forever. His Absolutely. will is always. His word is never changing. Mm-hmm. Look at our human passions and its instability yes. compared to God's word and its stability. Mm. He told us, Jesus told us that. He said, the man who obeys the will of God is a man who built his house on a sure foundation. Sorry. He said, when the torrents come, when the winds come, when the rains come and beat upon this house. See, you got to understand something. God doesn't want to remove you from the chaos of the world. He just wants to remove you from the chaos of you. Yes. Because you got to be in the world. We got to live be. here. And he says, and, when, when those torrents and those temptations, those trials come, you can be in chaos, but not of chaos. Yes. Where this chaos no longer controls you. Yes. That's the freedom Mm -hmm. that he's trying to take us to. The the stability of God's word is that this word has stood the test of time. And if you want to stand the test of time, then you need to be in his will. 
Even when you think about the Bible and all of its richness, like all the stories, like there's so much consistency in it. Like all the stories we can, you know, name Jonah a thing he went through or name a thing Moses went through and it'll reflect in your own life because God never changes. A lot of times people are so focused on whether the validity of the story, they don't understand the timelessness Mm. of the message. Yes. You're so caught up in whether the story is true or false that you miss out on the timelessness of the message. Mm -hmm. Whether it's true or false, why is it that we are still speaking of it? Generations, generations, thousands of years later, you could write a story right now and it could be a true story (laughs) and we wouldn't remember it and nobody would in generations from now. No. (laughs) I had a grandfather who had a grandfather, who had a grandfather, and I don't know his grandfather's name. Why? Because we pass with time. Mm. God's word is forever. I don't know my grandfather's 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 name, but I know David. Jesus. I don't know my grandfather's 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 wife, but I know Mary. Mm. There's a timelessness to the word. You may say, well, that's because somebody taught it to you. Why did they teach it to me? Because they <laughs> learned it. Who taught it to them? Because uh, you know what I'm saying? It had to resonate with people for them to treasure this, thing this has stuff. Yeah. echoed yeah. over time. That's mm. consistency. Mm. That's consistency. And God is saying, you, haven't, you, you have spent enough time in the past carrying out the same desires as the pagans, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatries. He's saying, you're going to live out the remainder of your time. In the will of God. Mm-hmm. Because consistency isn't about just escaping. It isn't about just receiving salvation, but letting salvation inform every other moment for the rest of your, your life. life. Yeah. He's that's consistency. And I feel like even listing them out in, in verse three, he's showing how they're ever growing. Like, you know how we're talking about you grow in consistency? You grow in chaos, too, because yeah. he went from debauchery to lust to drunkenness. Like, it only progresses. It only progresses, and it only progresses because you're in it. Mm-hmm. See, he's telling us that if we're going to live this Christian life, it comes in what we possess and what we hold over time. It's not just about possessing something, but I must hold it over time. Mm. Don't tell me that you love me if that love you possess, you can't hold over time. time. Yeah. That means you didn't love me. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say it in the moment, but can this moment be informed in every other moment for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. That's what he's asking for. He said, I want the remainder of your life. Yeah. Some of y'all come to Christ and y'all be like, but he know I'm not going to be perfect. No, no. He's expecting consistency from your life. Yes. God is expecting you to live here on out for the remainder of your time. (laughs) He's expecting for you to be consistent. Some of y'all are happy that you did something today, but can you do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day? You should stand the test of time. Consistency stands the test of time. Even when you think of how casually people say, you know, only time will tell. Time reveals, you know, the true love or all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, but in a real kind of way with your faith, you have to see it that way. Yeah, time will tell. (laughs) 
But are you understanding that true sentiment? Time will tell. Some of y'all, you you got to understand, If in order for you to stand the test of time, that means your decisions should outlive everything. Everything. You, you can't win temptation if you can't outlive temptation. You can't overcome temptation if you can't outlive it. Some of you give up over time. Well, I said no to him four or five times. <laughs> and, and then I just was like, it's enough because he just won't stop. He won't stop, so you don't stop. That's right. You get what I'm saying? Like Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 <laughs> days. And Satan tempted him. Yeah. And he outlasted Satan. He did. Satan would come with something else. He's like, no, <laughs> you keep going. I don't know how long this is going to go, but what you're going to always get from me is a no. Mm-hmm. Because that's where I am. I'm in a consistent place. Sorry. He was in a consistent place mm-hmm. where no matter what Satan did, he would outlast him. Mm-hmm. Satan said, I'm, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I, I don't have all day. Mm-hmm. A lot of y'all are falling to temptations that you just don't realize. If you had consistency in your life, you're outlasted. That's true. Some of you act on desires that you don't understand. If you just held out longer, you'd outlive the desire. You will. There's tons of things in your life that you, after the fact, after you've given into it, you realize, man, it wasn't what it was cracked up to be. You would have realized that if you, if you had outlasted That's it. true. Man, you don't know I've been feeling this way for a year now. Okay. Maybe you got to feel this way for five years. Are you up to the task of being a consistent Christian? Can you outlive what lives in you? Mm. Can you outlive what is going on in your life? Because if you can't do that, you ain't ready for eternity. What is eternity? Eternity is us with God over time. Yeah, even when you think of how the Bible always tells about how everything on this earth is temporary and vapor and stuff, it's like when you approach even your desires that, that way too, like you said, they're temporary. So if you if you stay consistent in, in God, those things, you'll outlive them, like you said. That's our job. Consistency is t- standing in faith over time. Mm-hmm. Don't stand in faith today. But stand in faith Over time. every day for the remainder of your time. Mm-hmm. He said, you spend enough time standing in your consist- inconsistencies, standing in the consistency of your inconsistencies, <laughs> standing in the foolishness that you've gone through and thinking that standing in that is okay. But no, he said, this was something that you had to realize you need to escape. And now that I've helped you escape it, you don't get to dabble back and forth and be inconsistent. Why are you consistent in your sin, but inconsistent with God? We got to start asking ourselves, well, I'm not really consistent with anything. I've never been consistent with anything in my life. Yes, you have. (laughs) Yes, you have. Think about it. You consistently go to the bathroom. Consistently. Nobody make you. No. Pee your pants right now. <laughs> Poop yourself right now. Just go ahead and do it. <laughs> go ahead and do it. No, you're not going to do it. Why are you not going to do it? Because we live in a society that says that that is not okay for adults. You understand where, where I'm going with this? You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We as believers have to stand in faith 
And if you truly believe this thing, mm. you let that thing inform yeah, the decision. rest of your life. Yeah. And that will show in your consistent actions. Mm-hmm. And now, then why, it'll, <laughs> it'll become automatic, kind of like how not pooping on yourself is. To the point where you don't even see it as consistency. Yeah. All you know is, man, I ain't, when the last time you pooped on yourself? <laughs> Can't remember. <laughs> when the last time you peed on yourself? Can't remember. Some of y'all can, you know, maybe Some you drank too much. Happen. Some accidents happen. But for the most part, you understand that you've been able to be consistent in this. And while you keep your pants clean, you haven't kept your heart clean. Jesus. Why not? You're just making a mess of yourself. Just messing all over yourself. Why? Why? Because you don't understand that you can be consistent. In anything that you're in. Some of you are in church, but not in it. Yep. That's why you, you know, I used to laugh at the, the kids as I was a youth minister. And I used to laugh at the kids who would sit back like they was Joe Cool. And they'd be like, look at these kids. They sitting here doing the Bible study lesson. You're like, ha ha. I'm like, bro, you're here too. You're here though. Like. You're here you're too. Here. You're pa- whether your parents made you or whatever, Let it doesn't you matter. How, you're like, here. Some of, y- <laughs> some of y'all listening remember Forrest, the youth minister. And I'd be like, yo, listen, if you were so cool, why are you here? My parents made me. If you were so cool, why you have to listen to your parents? You clearly don't want to listen to God. Right. You might as well not listen to them since you're so cool. It's no different for adults. They yeah. come in here and they be like, ugh, I just hate, I just, I don't get it. I just, uh, 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 why you here? Yeah. Why you here? And even if they don't say it, it's on their face. Like, you just, you look at certain people and it's just like, it's such a disdain. Why you here? All of it. You're in this, but you're not in it. You're yeah. on, How are you on the outside looking in, but you in? <laughs> I don't get that. It's as crazy as, you know, one, a couple times I've been, every time, matter of fact, I've been to the emergency room. There's always people complaining about the wait. What is this room called? <laughs> emergency. This room is called the waiting room. Right. It, it is an emergency hospital. You're in the triage unit, mm-hmm. but this room is for waiting. waiting. Yeah. What did you expect to do in this room? I'm trying to figure out what you're doing. No, that's true. You're sitting in the waiting room talking about, I am tired of waiting. Get out the room. (laughs) Bye. Why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? Mm. What are you waiting for? Why are you complaining but still waiting? Mm. Because what are you waiting for? Something you need. Something you need. What are you you waiting for? Uh, I I, I poked myself in the eye. I can't see. (laughs) So won't you sit there and hold your eye and wait? Since you're going to wait anyway. Yeah, that, that's how most people are when they complain. You go to the grocery store and they just complain about It's like, okay, but we're here though. Like, wait, you're, you're not going to, we're not going nowhere. It's are you going to go to another grocery store? Right, put all your groceries back. Matter of <laughs> fact, don't even put them back. Leave your cart right wow. here. Leave your freshetta and go <laughs> on to the next place. Yeah. Why are you still waiting? Making though? everybody else experience bad. Why? Because they have to be somewhere and they don't like they have to be there. God is looking for consistency comes from the people who are in it and also interested. Mm-hmm. Who are in it and engaged. Yes. It's not enough to be in. We need to add something to that. Mm-hmm. You need to be interested. Yes. You need to be engaged. You need to be involved. You need to be in love. If you're not in the will of God, it's going to be hard for you to grow in the will of God. You can't 
grow and then try to step into something. Yeah, that's what we try to do. This thing needs to be grown into. It's like when your parents buy you pants too big. And I, I was a husky kid. Well, at least they told me I was. I look back at pictures and I'm like, I was relatively skinny. My mother's, you know, always, always was shopping in the husky section, <laughs> so, you know, and, and they would buy me big pants and say, well, you're going to fill them out. You'll grow into them. So even though it didn't feel right to me, they're like, trust me, you're, you're going to grow into them. This is what you need. You got to understand when you step into God's will, you ain't going to feel it immediately. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be. It's not going to be a perfect fit, but what you got to understand is that you need to step in it and grow in it. Mm-hmm. Step in it and grow in it. He knows right now you ain't up to the measure. Mm-hmm. You ain't up to the measure. Let's let's look at that further. He says in verse five, we back in Second Peter chapter one, verse four through eleven. We're in verse five now. He says, "For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith virtue, and to virtue." Knowledge. Mm. Let's look at that word add. This is what I love. He says consistency adds to your faith. You can't grow in your faith if you aren't standing in, in your, faith. your faith. Ephesians 4.13 says, until we all reach unity in the faith. He said this, you get what I'm saying? There's something we have to reach. Mm-hmm. There's something we have to get to. Until we all get to this point, mm-hmm. he says, and in the knowledge of God is something, us growing in our faith and in our knowledge of God. You don't step into God's will with the, the, the faith that you need. Right. You don't step into God's will with the knowledge, but you must begin to grow in it. Mm. He says, as we mature to the full measure of the stature of Christ, maturity comes in consistency Consistency. Mm -hmm. in the word of God. It does. This lines up with, you know, there's a book by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers. And in that book called Outliers, he says, if you spend 10,000 hours doing anything, he says, you will become a master at it. Mm -hmm. What is he saying? If you can consistent, (laughs) consistent. Yes, even man knows that, yeah. Whatever you do consistently. That's what he said. When he say 10,000 hours, he's saying if you can do anything over time, Time. you will be a master at it. God wants us to master him. He wants us to mature in him. him. That means you need to put time in. If God was measuring your time with him, would it be 10,000 hours? No. Let's just use it. We're just using a secular benchmark here. Because trust me, the, the way that David said it, he said, um, one thing do I desire, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all, all the, the days, days of my life. life. Mm-hmm. So trust me, 10,000 hours is is only a drop in a bucket to what your desire should be. Yeah. But let's just use that for a second. 10,000 hours is not a lot of time. But that means that you need to put in some time with God. When I hear people talk about, you know, you know, I, I really don't get into praying. But if you don't put no time in the prayer, you can't grow in your faith of prayer. You can't grow in your knowledge of prayer. Therefore, you can't mature to the stature of Christ as it relates to what? Prayer. Prayer, yeah. 
Or tell even me. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were just no, 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 you do that. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just pumped up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And he was just like, um, he said he prays all the time, but he said when it comes to reading the Bible, he said, I just can't do it. You know, I feel like it was written by man and he went through that whole thing. But But I was explaining to him, like, you spend all this time talking to God about you, but you don't know nothing about him. Like you don't spend any time learning about him. Like he knows all about you because you pray to him all the time. Let, but that's that's that mastering see, we're talking about. You gotta start about. sending these negroes to me. <laughs> you gotta start sending these negroes to me because you gotta understand something. Like the time you spend telling me how you don't can't do something, it's time showing me that you're not interested in doing it. You're not. You interested in talking with Antoinette about not doing it <laughs> more than you are with doing it. Sure. Let's let's keep it a thousand. Let's keep it a buck seventy-five. Do we know his interests? Because what instead of talking to God, he's talking to you. It, it, this is the well, I haven't I haven't talked to him. I know, I know I'm just saying time. in reality, yeah. that's the case. Yeah. When a person is sitting in it could be a male or female. Yeah. When a person is sitting and complaining to me, even, I, I understand that you don't have an interest in God. You no. have an interest in what God has for you. Yes. And you think that I'm Willy Wonka and I got the key to the magic castle. No, I don't. You know, the only way in is through Christ. He told you that. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light, and the life, or whatever it is. He said, there is no way to the Father but by me. me. You can't go through force or pastor or any other person in this realm. You have to go through Christ, which means you have to go through his will. He said, the one who follows me follows my father's will. Um, mm-hmm. come, on, come on now. These things is just, it's just so, so relevatory and so so connected to the, 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 the foundation of your Christianity. That if you can't be consistent in the will of God, you are not consistently growing in Christ. So you can't really say that you are up to the measure that Christ is looking for. Mm. I even think it's interesting that you put these two scriptures together because when he talk about every effort to add to your faith, like that's a mathematical thing. He's talking about adding. And then he say, until we reach the unity. And unity is like the sum of that adding, you know? What is your effort? Mm-hmm. Your effort is your energy. Where are you putting your energy towards? Yeah. Let's it's, be honest. It's being towards something. It's I mean, been towards something. You're adding something. You are exponentially growing in some way. Always. When we talk about adding, what God is trying to do to our lives is build us up to get to the point of what he considers the prototype of a follower of him. The prototype son to God is Christ. Mm-hmm. That's why he set him before us. He says, you need to be maturing to the full measure of the stature of Christ. Mm-hmm. Enough of these Diminutive midget Christians. Now, no disrespect to little people, but I'm not talking about little people. I'm talking about little Christians. You midget Christians who don't understand that if you don't put any consistency in your life, you will not grow to the stature of Christ. When you come up short, you ain't making it in. You're not making it in. Yeah. You know how they before you go on a ride at a at the thing <laughs> they and say, check your and say you need to be at least five foot. And I remember walking in the line and I was so scared because I was like, I'm a sh- I'm short and I, I don't know. And, and he measured me and I just made it in. And the guy was like, You just made it in by your hair. He's like, Come on in. And I was so happy and I'm like, Woo-hoo. That's not the way this is gonna work. No, <laughs> no, that hair don't you count. Sh- she ain't no hair. 
Some of you, yo, don't think you can wear a blowout to heaven and just make it in. There ain't no hair. God is going to measure you by the stature of your spirit. Mm. He says, you need to be mature to the full measure of the stature of Christ. You need to pray like Christ prayed. Christ went through trouble. He didn't sit with his homies and be like, hey, we got to talk about this. Can you come over? I, brought, I got some eucalyptus tea and we can just sit and talk. I just need to talk about. No, he said, come. Can y'all stay up a while and pray with me? Yeah. If you're not moving in that way, you are a spiritual midget. Yes. If you're still talking about, I don't know how, I, I don't see how prayer is. I don't see how you can serve God because he's like, this is a man-made religion. You're a midget. You're not going to make it in. You're not up to the measure of who Christ is and has to be to your life. Yeah. Spiritual midgets, it's not going to work. We are supposed to look like Christ, which means we need to measure up to him in every way. That happens through consistent growth. To reach Christ's stature. Some of y'all want to reach stature in other ways. You want to reach stature of being a good singer. You want to be considered a great singer. That's not going to come by never singing. Yeah. You have to be consistent. We live in a culture today where everybody wants to be famous, but nobody wants to work. And nowadays, you don't have to put in 10,000 hours or nothing except for 10,000 hours of taking Instagram pictures. You don't even have to put in 10,000 hours of working out. There's a doctor named Miami. <laughs> and there's, for those of you who can't afford him, there's a doctor, DC. There's a doctor, <laughs> there's a doctor DMV. There's one everywhere. There's one everywhere. Somebody's willing to come and suck fat out your thighs, put it in your butt. Somebody's willing to take fat out your stomach, put it in your earlobes. I don't know where you want the stuff. <laughs> I don't know where you want it. But guess what? You To get where you want to be, you ain't got to work for it. Even when you think of who, like how we're supposed to measure ourselves to Christ, but most of us spend our time measuring ourselves to uh, other people, to, other people. to celebrities, yes. like all of that. That's why their consistency is off. You don't even have to be consistent to get where they are. No. But to get where Christ is, you need to be consistent. You can't play this stuff. One thing about having a skill is that you either have it or well, you, you don't. don't. Yeah. People love, I mean, it's so it, it's, it's so defining. It separates the men from the boys. People <laughs> be like, yeah, I draw. Let me see you draw. Oh, okay. You don't draw. <laughs> Which, uh, you don't draw well. You, yes, you draw technically, but you don't draw with skill. Mm -hmm. You don't draw consistently. So you don't have, you're not a great drawer. All right. I can call, uh, yeah, you sing. That's technically called singing. But you're not a great singer. Yeah, you're not skilled. You're not up to the stature, the measure. Sometimes you got to bring people back to reality. Be like, oh, yeah, you, you make beats. What's your favorite beat maker? Oh, my favorite beat maker is Timbaland. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Okay, I want you to listen to Timbaland, then listen to you. Listen to Timbaland, then listen to you. See how you don't measure up. No, I remember one time I was bragging some work job, like I was talking about how I knew how to work mixers or something like that. And, he, and one guy asked me, he was like, oh, what mixers do you like to use? And I was like, 
Um, I don't really know any particular name. <laughs> like, it was just an awkward moment, but that's how it is. Like, yeah. it, it'll reveal. You don't know nothing about it. You don't it. know like, nothing. You're not oh, interested. I'm, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, you a Christian? I'm about to kill myself. Can you, you tell me? <laughs> oh, snaps. Whoa. Whoa yeah, um. I'm a Christian, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I haven't really been. I'm just like you, really. I'm just trying to make it. You just got to pray. Please don't kill yourself. Please don't <laughs> Next kill. thing you know, you ready to kill yourself. <laughs> Both of y'all. He's like, after you done with that razor blade can you give it to me <laughs> no no we need to be up to the measure of who Christ is yes. when you're in like you said when you're in something and you're interested in it like it just spews out like oh. it, <laughs> let's put it this way Luke 21 and 19 says by your patient endurance you will gain your souls mm. he told you he, he, he said you know, you go to the gym and you want to gain muscle, then you, you by your patient endurance of the weight, you will gain muscle. Yes. Some of y'all, you 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 read that scripture and you're like, well, why gain the world if you're gonna lose your soul? Do you want to lose your soul? No. Well, you need to patiently endure the will of God so that you might gain your soul. You don't gain your soul by standing in front of the altar and saying, I believe that the Lord is my savior. No, that <laughs> allows you in the gym. Mm. That's the $10 a month you pay in Planet Fitness. <laughs> that allows you in the gym. But somebody going to have to work yes. consistently in order to gain your soul. You're not working. He's, uh, 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 to go back to you know Second Peter, he says in verse six, and to knowledge, self-control. So remember, he said we meet, we need to make every effort to add to our faith, yes, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. What is he saying? He's saying and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. What he's telling us is that these aren't isolated things we master. Mm. I can't pick one thing out and say, you know, I'm going to practice self-control. No, self-control is a byproduct of consistent faith. Wow. You, if, oh, my goodness. Self-control, perseverance, love are all exponents <laughs> of the root faith. I used to type numbers in a calculator. And when you get to a certain number, the calculator no longer can represent it properly. And so all of a sudden, it'll start using exponents. And I used to say, my calculator broke. And my teacher was like, this is third grade. We ain't teaching <laughs> you know exponents exponent. yet. She said, it's an exponent. Mm. It's a short way to describe how powerful the number is. Wow. And what y'all got to understand, we are small people filled with so much Greatness mm. that God has to exponentially represent us. Wow. He, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you got to understand something. If God is immense, so immense that the whole world couldn't, couldn't hold him. Even David said, he said, why did I build a, a house for God to dwell when the heavens is his home and the earth is merely his footstool? But then all of a sudden I'm saying God is in me? How is he in How me? How can something that big and powerful be in me? Oh, my goodness. Because he 
represents his spirit in me exponentially. Mm -hmm. He represents his spirit in me through faith, which is added upon through my effort that proceeds to virtue and is added upon with my effort to take me to knowledge, and which is added upon with my effort to self-control, which is added upon with my effort to perseverance. And to my effort, perseverance leads me to godliness and godliness to brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness to love. Wow. I, I become a small version of God in an exponential way. Yeah, even when you think of like understanding and how people can't really grasp God like offhand, but when you like you said when you where we we have all of those qualities in us, that's how we can kind of represent ref- God. Represent him. People yeah. don't understand be like, "Man, like I, I don't know why how, but I understand this shorthand version of God." Yeah. Yeah, that's me. I'm the shorthand version. Mm-hmm. I'm God. I'm, I'm man to the power of God. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! You're gonna have the math <laughs> geeks out there going crazy. <laughs> I know. I, I, I might have to. <laughs> I might have to tutor some people for for them to understand this this one. <laughs> but these are isolated byproducts. I can just go and try to master. I can't. No. I can't not be consistent in the will of God can't be not consistent in my faith, not consistent in my reading the word and praying, not consistent in my uh, uh, seeking God through his Holy Spirit and think I'm going to be consistent in love. It doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. It don't work like that. It, this is one of the craziest things, and maybe we'll talk about it one day, but I find it amazing when uh, we, we, we try to measure what only God can measure. So a church will say that they're doing a lot in the community, but is these are these things that God is measuring, or is it things that man are measuring? Because you know, there's a lot of people who say they love their spouse. Are these things that man can measure? Are these things that God can measure? I can't tell you if you're loving your spouse in the way that this word love means in the word. Yeah. Only person who can tell you if you're loving their your spouse in the way that you're supposed to in God's eyes. Is God through his will. What loving my spouse means through God's will in me may not not be what loving your spouse in God's eyes is to you. Because it's all in what God's will is saying in your life. Mm -hmm. This is what people are missing. This is why you can't have love without consistent faith in his will. You can't have love without consistent faith in his will because you're trying to move according to what you perceive as love, not what God perceives. Well, I want what God perceives. Then you would have to be in him to perceive him. Yes. Consistently. Yes. They are what is produced when you stand in the word, patiently enduring, no longer standing in the chaos of your passions. Mm. Verse 8 says, for if you possess these qualities and continue to grow in them, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of y'all know so much. I must say, even the fact that he called it knowledge, like, you know, it's it's unproductive. Some of you know so much, but this is the thing. You don't know 
what Christ knows, you know what you know. Mm-hmm. See, the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ means that's why we follow him, is so that we can know what he knows. This is not asking what you know about Christ. This is asking, do you know what Christ is thinking? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it's you, a difference. You know how people, they act like they they know you. Mm-hmm. And they be like, yeah, if Antoinette was here. And you'd be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no. Not my thing. <laughs> that wouldn't be something that... I find it amazing when people give you gifts and the gifts be so far removed from anything you're interested in or like, you be questioning whether they truly know you. Yeah. They know about you, mm-hmm. but they don't know you. But that goes with, I feel like, that chaos we talking about because I feel like you can know stuff about God, but if it's like all over the place and you really don't have a heart for him, you know what I mean? Like it won't really because you have make to sense. you have to know what he he knows. You're like, oh, you gonna have to tell me what you want because I can't read your mind. God is expecting for you to read His mind. Matter of fact, He's expecting for you to read His word, <laughs> which is His mind. <laughs> God is expecting for you to read His mind. Matter of fact, scratch that. He's expecting for you to pray and seek to know His mind. That's right. If you even sought, I gotta tell you what I want. You should be coming to me and say, what do you want? Yes. How much do you want to know his mind? He says, did you possess these qualities and continue to grow in them? This is something I, I, I want to make sure I, I, I said properly. The idea of possess, possessing and growing is the definition of consistency. Mm-hmm. Having something is not the same as growing in it. You could possess the ability to draw, but if you aren't consistent in it, you will never grow in it. You have, you may have salvation, but have you grown in, in salvation? Mm-hmm. You may have faith, but have you grown in it? Some of y'all may, you may have peace, but have you grown in it? Yeah. Come on, it's not enough to possess something. Yeah. What we possess must be something that we grow in. Yes. Even when you think about how Paul, when he was writing the letters and he was telling them, you should be to a point where you're not, a, you know, baby Christians anymore. You know, this is just milk. You know, you guys should be on to the meat now, passing, you know, yeah. teaching other people. And you it's like. You should have <laughs> possessed the milk and grew in it. Yes. So now you are beyond it. Yeah. So Because we're, in order to grow to the measure of Christ, we must possess salvation and grow in it. That's right. He said, I, I need fruit meat of repentance. What is he saying? He said, I need to see that you grew in your repentance. Mm-hmm. Some of you just like, I'm sorry, Lord. He wants to see that you grew in that sorry. Yeah. He wants to see that that sorry is informing every action of your life. Exactly. He wants to see that. Yeah. That's why y'all like, well, uh, can you repent? Again and again, and that, that. Y'all, baby, y'all that's you baby, baby stuff. man. <laughs> you, you a baby? You're not getting it. Our job as believers and Christians is to possess these things <laughs> yes. and to grow in them. Yes, that's why I said what I said about the altar experience. It matters. It matters to your possession, but it doesn't. It doesn't factor into your growth unless you grow in it. Yes, you have to take. And whatever you possess, you grow in. Because even when people, I feel like when they talk about when they got saved, they always talk about that moment, like like it was a life shift, you know? Yeah. 
instead of that whole journey to where they are now being what you know what I mean? Yeah, don't you hear I people mean, we say use that. The cliches yeah. we say the day I got saved. I ain't no. never been the same, but you are. <laughs> you know, the day I gave my life to Christ, I see things so different. Do you? Yeah. Do you? What do you see different? I, I would love to know. What do you what do you see differently in your life? Because if if, if you don't see differently, which means that you don't perceive situations differently, then you don't see different. Yeah. We have to get to that point where there's a true growth going on in our lives. Yeah. Where we are truly manifesting a place in our lives where we are measuring up to Christ. Mm-hmm. And some of you are like, well, Christ was perfect and we can never be perfect. He not asking we're for you to be me- We're just measuring. He's he asking, the standard. He asking and for you to yeah. be the standard in which you live. We understand Christ knew no sin, and we understand you are sin incarnate. <laughs> but what we're saying is, do you pray like Christ? Do you love like Christ? Do you give like Christ? Do you fight like Christ? Because we are fight, yeah. but y'all ain't fighting like Christ. You fighting like you. And then it goes what you said earlier, but what the scriptures say about making every effort to add to it. It's yeah. like, that's all he did. Are we making every effort to add to our faith? Because in that consistency, we we see there's no consistency. Come on now. You can tell me you go to the gym all you want. People can tell there's no consistency. Come you on, guys. You can say you go all the You, you can, can say, say you a you singer. Want. I was watching a video and a lady was singing in church and she she messed up and made a mistake and cussed. <laughs> and the whole church busts out laughing. She was like, ah, and she said, uh, S. And then she said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the whole church was laughing, dying laughing. What does that tell us? Number one, I could tell by the way she was singing, she is not consistent in, in her, her singing. singing. No. Number two, I could tell by the fact that she messed up and didn't cuss that she's not consistent in her walk with Christ. <laughs> we can tell. Yeah. It will always show. Your inconsistency in God will always show. And that's that time we're talking about. Time will reveal that. Like, whether you've invested or not, time will reveal it. You thought a couple days of standing in his will was going to change your will. Mm. Nah. You thought a couple no's, a couple months of keeping your legs closed. God is not asking for you to take a vow of celibacy. He's asking for you to take a vow of obedience. There's a difference. Some of y'all might as well go back to selling a bit because being celibate without obedience is pointless. (laughs) It's pointless. I'm with it. You want a gold star because you keep your legs closed but your heart closed too? You keep your legs closed to men and keep your heart closed to God. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. You don't get no brownie points for your acts of penance, for your acts of morality. God is not looking for that. He's looking for you to be at the stature of Christ. Jesus was so beyond so beyond yeah. sex. Because I feel like even when you grow, like we mature naturally as humans anyway. So all those stuff you used to deal with, you kind of, those things shave off anyway. Some, no, some, no, for no. some people they do, most people they do though. Because it's only so long you're going to do certain things. Yeah, you're going to get old. But I'm saying you have to consciously. I know a lot of old thoughts, sister. 
It's true, but you know I just feel like that conscious adding to your faith is, you get what I mean? Like, we subtract, we easily subtract stuff, but when it comes to that adding to our faith, absolutely, it's not the I same. I love that, and that's true, that's true. But there are always outliers <laughs> or outlayers. You, you know, it's just the way it is. That's true. But but the, 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 what you're saying is so spot on, is that it, you, it's easy to subtract, it's hard to add. But this is an additive faith. It is. This is a faith that should have an exponential growth. I shouldn't still see you adding at this point. The Bible said that the word of God was multiplied throughout the earth. Wow. <laughs> Come on now. We, we have to get beyond adding. I added God to my life, but now the addition of God should multiply mm-hmm. some things in my life. Mm-hmm. When I subtract God from my life, there's a division in my life, <laughs> there's the division. But when I add God to my life, there should be some things that are multiplied. The word of God should multiply in my life. Y'all look up that word multiply. It's in the Bible. Look at the word division, dividing. It's in the Bible. Satan loves to divide. God loves to add and multiply. He just does. It's his thing. The, the, the place that we need to get to is that he says that if we are possessing these qualities and growing in them, the same way that singer possesses those qualities of a singer, but then grows in it, mm. it's no way you can be an ineffective singer. It's no way you can be an unproductive singer. That's right. It's just no way. The minute I feel like I'm ineffective in my, my gifts and my skills, that means I must not be putting no time in it. A lot of people don't understand when you're running a business, there sh- should be a constant growing in your skills. It should be. I can't just be like, yeah, I know how to do something. No, I do it, and I'm constantly growing in my skills of doing it. If I'm not, then I'll be in- ineffective. I'll be unproductive. And I will, I will no longer grow in it. I won't grow. Yeah. It shows that there's no growth. Let's, let's continue on. I said you can possess the ability to grow and not be consistent in it, but there's another part. Verse 9 says, but whoever lacks these traits is nearsighted to the point of blindness, having forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Our growth through consistency in God will remove the nearsighted nature of our passion. I'll say it again. Our growth through consistency in God's will removes the nearsighted nature of our passion. Wow. What's the nearsighted nature of our passion? Our desires was a congenital blindness. Congenital means from birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our desires were, were a congenital blindness that hindered our ability to see anything beyond right now. Mm. Yep. For some reason, you can see yesterday and you can see right now, but you can't see tomorrow enough to be informed by it. I, I'm not talking about tomorrow like tomorrow, November 2nd. I'm talking about tomorrow like eternity. See, you need to be making decisions. You need to be acting based on eternity. Yeah. That means eternity must always be in your sight. If it's not in your sight, then you won't focus on it. If you're not focused on it, then you won't work towards it. Yeah. It's like there's somebody I know right now. She's in the she, she's in college. 
is I, I keep reminding her that college is not the last stop. That you you got to make decisions right now that are going to inform you the rest of your life. Yeah. You, you can get caught up in celebrating birthdays and homecomings and all of this stuff, but if your decisions aren't informing aren't informed by your tomorrow, then your today is not going to help you. No. It's not. That means you're nearsighted. You will look back at that stuff and not even remember. You'll be like, where did the time go? We got to help children. Yeah. Not just college kids. My little niece, she she come home from school and be like, nobody wants to be my friend. I got to help her understand. A friend right now won't be a friend tomorrow. It won't. I, I need You're you. not even know, going to know these people. Here's the thing. All those friends... Won't be standing beside you when your parent is holding your report card and saying you got F's. Yes. F don't stand for friend then. It means you failed. Who did you fail? You failed you. How did I fail me? Because you wasn't thinking about report cards when you was at school. You was thinking about friends. Yes. I did that the other day. I was talking to my little cousin. I just showed her... My um, I was scrolling through my timeline. I was showing her all the people from high school. I'm like, yeah, she was the uh, high school queen, and she was this, and he was the best looking guy in school, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, look at them now. Like, this is what we fo- you I focused Jesus, on. Shots fired. <laughs> no, I'm just that. saying, like, this is the stuff I focused on in high school. But now that I'm out of it, you know, just showing her that she can't be consumed by it's that stuff because it's it's. It's fleeting. It's embarrassing. As the Bible it, says. It is fleeting and embarrassing. He says, those people with that congenital blindness, he says, you even forget the moment of salvation you that you once possessed. Yes. Remember, when we talked about something you possess, he says, that possess, that thing you possess should be something you grow in. Mm-hmm. He says, but those who are nearsighted, they forget what they possess so they can't grow in it. No. He said, what happens? You possess a gym membership and then you so nearsighted in the fact that you hungry, you forget what you possess. Yes. That's why people be like, they pay it a monthly fee and don't even go. It's just it's just like that. But that's it's why like, they sneak hidden charges in there, folks. Because they know you're not They know attention. that you're undisciplined. If you're undisciplined and coming to the gym, you're probably undisciplined looking at your, your bank statements. Yes. Every now and then you be in the gym, you hear somebody screaming, I didn't know y'all was going to take this. They're like, ma'am, in, in the in the readout right here, before you sign <laughs> you this gym membership, it. it says an annual fee, and then we take it out the same time. I didn't know that. Maybe before you just, you know, got a gym membership, you should have read. Yeah, but they know. They know this person is undisciplined. They don't have consistency they in their gotta, life. Yeah. They're clueless. <laughs> They're nearsighted. Yes. We gotta get. We gotta get. Better. That's why they can put one gym in a, a area full of thousands of people. That the gym only hold about fifty people, but they can put it there because they know everybody's not gonna come. Look, all the time. as we close out, First John two eleven says, "But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes." Verse 10 is going to close it out. Therefore, brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. We'll talk about that another time. For if you practice these things, you will never stumble. I just talked about that singer who messed up. Mm-hmm. There's tons of Christians who say they're Christians, but because they're not consistent, they stumble. They mess up. 
I know you didn't think you was going to mess up. That's why you jumped out there and started singing. I know you didn't think you was going to mess up. That's why you jumped out there and started telling everybody you was a Christian. But you got to be more than talking Christian. You got to be consistently being Christian in order for you to never stumble. Consistency is our way out of being that stumbling Christian. That Christian that is unable to stand firm, but always finds themselves defeated and down. We know tons of defeated Christians. We know tons of down Christians. We know tons of people who are constantly stumbling. You know, it's nothing wrong with, you know, those songs like like we fall down and we get up. It's nothing wrong with that because there are times where we're down and we need to know that you it's never too late to get up mm-hmm. and try again. That's a part of that journey. It's a part of that journey. Mm-hmm. But one thing you understand is that let that resonate with you in understanding. Let that place of stumbling humble you. Yes. Let your stumble humble you <laughs> yes. to understand I need to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. It, it, it informs your, like you said, your yeah. dis- the rest of your life. Come on, you don't stumble. Unless you're not consistent. You know, I love musicians. I love to watch them play live because there's nothing more humbling than, there's nothing more vulnerable than performing live. Can you imagine? I know people don't pay attention to it, but you imagine being playing the piano for a famous singer. You can't mess up. Mm-hmm. This is live. You know, it's, everybody's a studio musician. Be like, stop right there, and I'm going to punch in, you know, right at that point. You don't want to start from the beginning? No, no, no. The rest of that was cool. I just need to fix that mistake. But that live guy, that live guy, I mean, that that he has to know that stuff. Yeah. He has to practice. It exposes his flaws. It's not a game. Christians, we live. Yeah. This is real time. We live right now. <laughs> we are live. There ain't no stopping. Let me fix this, this, that, and the other. You live. When that guy come up to you, Antoinette, and he's presenting himself, and he wants to, to know this and know that, he wants you to make decisions live on the spot. He don't want to hear no, oh, stop. This ain't that so raving. You don't get to stop this moment. This ain't saved by the bell. You don't get to stop this moment and look at the camera and be like, what should I do, guys? I don't know. No, you're alive. Yeah. Are you consistent enough to handle being live? Mm. Wendy Williams, brother. Oh, Lord. On that note. On that note. On that note, Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>